Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Wioli. In each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with maritime professionals, industry experts, and students. Our guests come from different backgrounds, including shipping, yachting, offshore, and more. Our goal is to give you all the knowledge you need to succeed in the maritime industry. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Maritime Vision podcast. And today we are joined by Merain Devard, the founder and director of Superior Time, one of the largest media companies in the superior industry. Welcome Merain, it's a pleasure to having you today in this uh, podcast episode. Can you maybe introduce yourself, please? Well, thank you for having me, Paolo. Um, so Merain Devard, I just turned 40 years old. And I, I liked big boats since I was very young, like around eight years old. So in the Netherlands, we bought a lot of boats and we went sailing on the Dutch lakes. And there you saw like, oh, you know, it's a 20 meter boat that's bigger than the eight meter boat we are on. So I really got interested in big boats, started buying magazines, Boat International, Boat Exclusive, Showboat, all the magazines. And that got a bit my interest in yachting. Nice, nice. So I imagine in the Netherlands, you have so many shipyards. So maybe this is the reason why you had the interest about the superior industry, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think if I would have lived in the south of France, you know, like I would probably also become interested because there you're exposed to a lot of big boats. Sure. In the Netherlands, we do build them, but you don't see them very often, especially, you know, like this was, what was it, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, there, you know, like you had, the one best remember was always Jongert, which was in Maidenblik, they built big sailing boats. And we used to go with a small sailboat to Jongert and uh, to, to Maidenblik. And then you saw along the quay, you saw this 40 meter sailboat, you passed by and as a 10 or eight year old kid, you look up and wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And they had like these sterns, uh, sloping stones with this woodwork on the back. It looked a bit like a pirate ship to me. So I was, you know, like, I liked it a lot. Yeah, nice, so, nice. Yeah, we do build a lot of boats. And over the years, you know, the Netherlands has built a lot more boats. For sure, for sure. We have so many shipyards here. But now I'm very interested about, you know, oh, why did you build Superior Times? Can you explain the beginning? How did you have the, the ideas? Because I imagine you did some studies on oh, what is your early career, I can say. I mean, I think it started, you know, since I was young, it's always been, I was fascinated by entrepreneurs, people who created companies. So I always had in my mind that I wanted to create a company. And I think if you're open to the idea, you're much more aware of opportunities. So I, it didn't go, you know, like this. I, I, you know, like didn't, when I was eight years old, I didn't think I wanted to create a website about big boats because, you know, like there were not really many websites back then. But I think what, what triggered me is so, it was first of all around the end of the 90s the you know i got on the internet and there you realize there's actually other people with an interest in big boats um because mm. it's not it, you know like in the netherlands i came from a small village i knew nobody who was interested in big boats and even because of social media today it's different you're a lot more exposed to it but before you were not really exposed to it so through the internet i met several people you know rafa from yacht spotter uh, martin uh, who I started to get of it, Chris, Chris, it was Christo 303 on Instagram, well-known photographer. Those were a bit more the early days yarding spotter. And Yard Spotter had a great website and there was the Power of Motor Yacht Forum. 
So in the Netherlands, the digital cam around that time, the digital cameras came as well. So that was also important. So one of my, my uncle had one, so I used to borrow it and I used to drive to the shipyards when there was a new boat. And these days, you know, like there's 10 people standing at the shipyard taking lunch. But then I just called them up or I called the restaurant next door. Oh, is there a big boat outside? And so, yeah, there is. So I went there, took some pictures and sent them to these forums. Mm. And then it was around 2004, one of my yachting friends said, like, oh, yeah, sometimes I sell photos. He said, okay, can you sell them? Um, and so I said, like, okay, I'm going to make this website, yacht-images.com, and I'm going to sell pictures. And that was my own pictures. And, you know, back then the world was a little bit different that, you know, the shipyards didn't send out the press release when a boat was launched. You know, like maybe three months later when they delivered it, they would send out the press release, but that was about it. So I used to sell my pictures to all the yachting magazines, you know, Power Emotia, Boat International, Showboats, Yachts International. And then I started to also add photos of other photographers. So one was a cruise ship captain because he had a big, nice angle from the Brits because there were no drones back then. So he was high and, you know, like we, we I didn't have the money to rent helicopters and stuff like that. So I just relied on crew members, people based somewhere, you know, like I had people based in the Middle East who took some pictures of the boats there or in the south of France or the Caribbean or the US. So I was doing, just selling these pictures during my study. So that's how it started. Mm. Quite interesting. But so you started the, with pictures. Yeah, yeah, pictures. But I mean, I was, I'm not an amazing photographer. I was just at the right place at the right time. Plus, I had a lot of stock. So Yards International and Power Modia used to publish the top 100 largest yachts in the world. Um, like of 50 brothers that didn't have any pictures. So I would go and source these pictures because some brothers were very hard to find. And you know, these days it's super easy to find everything because people have phones, social media and stuff like that. But then it was a lot harder. So you had to really find people in an area. Say, oh, can you go there, take a picture of this boat? And mm. so the top hundreds were, and it was a nice challenge for me as well, you know, like because I wanted to see pictures of these boats as well. So it was cool. Yeah, um, nice. So... I graduated then in, in I, I studied finance and did an internship at a yacht finance company, which, which was nice, you know, like I feel like I was part of the industry for the first time. And, uh, but I didn't really, I mean, finance is fun, but it's like, it's not not my. Yeah, that's not for you. I, I don't have any ambitions in, in, in having a finance career. So I said like, okay, I'm going to the side of France for six months and I'm going to, pay a dude some money to build a website where you have a database of boats, data news, and a directories of companies. And that more or less became, that was the start of Superior Times. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, you started with uh, photography. Uh, and then how did you develop Superior Times? Because now it's like a media company. You promote, you make, making news in the industry and much more. Uh, later, we're going to talk about other technologies you are developing aside the Superior Times. But why did you, how did you decide, you know, just to push forward and be more like versatile news, photography, all this stuff? Well, I think, you know, like, I don't like to sit still. I like doing things. And there was Raphael with Yachtspots who built a great website, but that was more his website and his platform. And he did a great job, but that was more really an enthusiast website. And mm. then you had the Power Emotiot forum where people could just post anything. But I wanted something that I could be busy with myself because I just like doing things. So I said like, okay, I'm going to make this website. And 
with daily news because the, the forums were nice but the problem with forums is you have to moderate it because you know like nine out of ten people say something sensible but there is always the, the crazy guy who says stuff that shouldn't be said or gets into mm. fights so i don't like the forums of moderating stuff kind of thing so i said like i'm going to create more news websites and a database first because i wanted to have a picture of every single boat over 30 minutes in the world so but then i needed to have a good catalog as well where I had them. So that's why I created Superior Times. And it was just hard to find like a professional publication. There was none, you know, there was the, the magazines were there, but there were no websites or anything like that. Plus we just created something. And I started together with Martin. Uh, Martin worked at the bank still. And then, you know, he moved to the start of France as well. Uh, Martin Jansen. and. And then we started to get it to add boats to the database, news articles. And I mean, it was super easy back then because, you know, like we had, our, we had a cost where like rent and some food, but, you know, like we didn't have much else. So we didn't have much to lose. We were, because the problem is we didn't think about a business model really, you know, like we thought, okay, mm -hmm. you know, people will contact us and they will spend some money on something. But we didn't think about, okay, how should we make money from this website? Because it was more, okay, what is the ideal website for boat nerds like ourselves? And yeah, that was the start of Superior Times. I remember spending the whole summer in 2006, you know, changing elements, figuring out the layout. And hmm. it was actually a nice and clean layout uh, back then. I have some images of it if you want them. No, yeah. <laughs> But the thing is that, so you, you build it without any fundraising or, uh, you, I mean... No, 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 I paid a guy 5,000 euros to make it. That's it. Okay, okay, okay. Because if and you create this website now, I think it will be maybe double the price or because, yeah, of course, it's more expensive nowadays. <laughs> I think it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. No, and it's a more... I mean, back then, you didn't have... so. What we did is, we didn't have, you didn't have newsletters really. You didn't have social media. We just needed to put like five articles on the website each day, which was a bit of a stretch already back then because you had to really search things. Now you get a press release if someone has a new chair in their office. You know, like people send press releases a lot these days. But back then we had to really go to each individual company website, see, oh, you know, there is something new or email them and get in touch or just drive around the Netherlands, take pictures. So mm. that's why we started with photo of the day. You know, we still do it every day. We have a photo of the day. That's a picture of both because back then we at least were assured, okay, we have one article that's photo of the day. And um, so that was a start, you know, that's what, what we needed. And yeah, so these days it's a lot harder to run a media company i mean you have podcasts you have videos you have yeah. you know like all sorts of different social media you have newsletters you have you need to be a lot quicker you have to filter through press releases and back then it was pretty easy these days running a media company is a lot more complex than back in the days we have tried several things as well that didn't work you know like especially in 2013 we did an iPad magazine. I think it was 2013, oh. 2014. So it was called Super Experience. And, but, but, you know, the iPads were around, you know, they came and then it, well, there's all these digital magazines that were iPad only. You could swipe, read, and and it all sounded like a great idea because, you know, like everybody was yeah. having iPads. And uh, we 
it was more like creating whole magazine like articles design it and then you could swipe up left right down and it was quite a cool you could click with some animations in there but the problem with that was that people needed an ipad okay yeah you know like that was one but also you needed to if you needed to be on your ipad and then look at because if i send you a link to a website you click on it i have a reader yeah or I can WhatsApp it, whatever. Back then, if you if you sent you the link to the iPad magazine, you needed to be on your iPad to download it and to read it. So, if people were not on their iPad, it was very it was very hard to get people to download it because they might have seen it, but then they forgot. You know, like so that we did. I think we did three issues of that, and then actually that led us to after that we said, okay, what we need to do is go and print. So then we started the newspaper, uh, hmm. the Super Times newspaper, and. The newspaper has actually been doing very well. It's uh, I always like print, you know, like I have a, a massive archive of all sorts of yachting magazines, brochures, files, anything, because I just like it. But then in 2014, I said, okay, we're going to do a printed newspaper. And I wanted a newspaper because there were so many magazines. Mm-hmm. And a print is also nice if you go somewhere, you can give people a copy, they can see it, they can read it. And... There are still a lot of companies who like advertising in print because it's it feels more physical. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's almost ten years ago that we started with a, a printed newspaper. Nice, I mean, and we still do it today. Yeah, my uh, newspaper so. is quite powerful actually. Uh, and now I want to ask you another question because you you've seen the yachting industry since uh, I mean a long time ago. How did it evolve? I mean, the size of the yachts, the technology on board, because before, like, a super yacht was not as big as currently. No, I think, I mean, I I started actively following it since the end of the 90s. And uh, I think if you, if you look back to the end of 90s, early 2000s, there, first, I mean, first of all, were a lot less boats, but I think also there uh, were less crazy designs, I think, as today. I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of things have changed from, you know, safety regulations, all sorts of things. But if you just look at the, the individual boats, I think there's a lot more creativity in the design. And I think it's, you know, of, of course, boats have become a lot bigger, you know, like, back in 2006 when uh, Moria Dubai was launched, you know, like that, you know, was a, a very big thing because she was, you know, Prince Abdulaziz had been the largest yacht for many, many years. And then finally there was one that became bigger and there were not many boats over 100 meters being launched then, you know, like maybe once every couple of years. And now every year there is a few. Uh, and of course, I mean, you never know how long it will continue, but I think it's it's definitely the amount of boats and and the design and the you see it also on the smaller boats, you know, like you know San Lorenzo creating the SX series, and I mean, of course, the Explorer trend is there's a lot of different uh, flavors out there, I think, and I think and that's great to see because I think in the end, what gets a lot of people interested in yacht, including myself, is the you know, the differences in, in the looks of the boats, if they would all look the same, it becomes quite boring. Yes. You know, like as some, sometimes people compare, you know, liking boats to liking planes, but in the end, you know, like for me, there is a lot more variations in yachts sure. and it's a very different thing yeah. compared to planes, trains or any transport. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's true because when you start that with a I mean green call that's putting you know what is it putting i mean you have all these those people who like explain they take picture on photography we have quite the same in the maritime industry but it's not as big as the airplanes putting community so but of course with yeah. airplanes you have only always the same airplanes aircraft airbus boeing that's it on with yachting we have so many variety on the different kind of vessel we have uh, of course uh, this uh, you know support vessel who looks incredible uh, we have this big super yacht etc on nowadays we have so many different shipyards but uh, during like the 90s it was like that or you have like only one leader in the market and the other try to you know to survive i mean i think it takes a very long time to become an established shipyard mm. so a lot of the the brands which were around then are still around today. If we look at, you know, Fatship, Lewis, and Abiking, Benetti, you know, like Ferretti, you know, like these brands all were around when I was, you know, like 30 years ago as well. And of course you also get newer brands, you know, like, but I think, I mean, Contero della Marco or Silver Yachts, you know, like they have been Taylor Mark around 10 years, Silver Yachts, maybe 15 to 20 years, you know, like, and it still feels like, you know, like if you're in this business for 10 or 15 years, almost like you're the new kid on the block. Well, yeah. 15 years in a normal business is quite a substantial amount of time. But that's also because it takes a while to build a boat. You know, like it's not like you can start a business tomorrow yeah. and then have a boat ready. It takes probably three years to get your first boat on the water. And and in maybe in 10 years time, if you build bigger boats, you might have like five or six on the water so you're still kind of a new brand so you know like you see a lot of new brands popping up but you also see people buying old brands and restarting it again yeah 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 uh, we call and, that uh, um there is and a that name. happens a lot as well yeah reconversion i think the name of uh, this to, to, to build the old ship on making like a completely new yacht <laughs> ah, okay that's that's a different topic that's more conversion yeah. that's more you know, like taking a commercial ship, converting yeah. it in a private yacht. So. But what I meant is more like, you know, like a brand hasn't built a boat for 10 years and then suddenly someone buys it and starts oh, building yeah. boats again. So people use all their brands. So you, you, it feels like you have been in the business for a long time. Yes, yes. Makes sense. Okay. Now let's switch to another topic uh, because you are developing. So you have super yacht time. On a side, I've seen you are developing Yacht Eye. Uh, so can you give an overview about it? Because I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, so the guys who started Yota, I think they started around 2010, and they worked for a system integrator. And around 2012, they they went full-time uh, with Yota. So in, the founder of that came to me, it was 2012, I think, and he said, Brian, I'm going to start for myself. And uh, he was also looking for an office and we were in a small basement office here in Amsterdam. So I said, you know, maybe we should get an office together. So then we had an office for from 2013 to 2015 for two years together. And so I learned a lot about the product, you know, like, and um, it was a cool solution, it, it, especially 10 years ago. It was, you know, there was nothing on the market like that. And it was like a guest information system. And what they created was more or less a 3D uh, boats uh, on a 3D world map. So the guests could have put it on on the TV or on the iPad and they could see their boat, where you were, you had the itinerary in there and a few other features. And in 2015, we split ways because, you know, they had a few more people, we had a few more people. So 
we needed to find another office. And, you know, we always kept in touch. And around December 2019, they went bankrupt. Um, so, and then in January, you know, I, I heard it went bankrupt. So I contacted the, the trustee. So I said, okay, you know, how does this work? And I buy it. So I said, well, you know, you, here is the information package and you see, okay, some, some debts and you see some, you know, like stuff work I still need to do and, and debtors. So I looked at it. So, okay, I put, I put in a bid and then we were the highest bidder. So then I think the deal closed in February 2020, just before COVID. Uh, so I said, okay, you know, like now we got this and let's see where it goes to. Because, yeah. You know, I like new challenges. I get bored quite <laughs> easily. So it's, it was a nice opportunity. And I mean, we, back then, you know, we kind of knew what we were getting into also not really, you know, like, because we, back then we had one software developer who helped us with super times, but you know, like I didn't really fully understand of the complexity of building a system like that, especially multi-platform yeah. because with software is, you know, like, okay, I, I got a relatively good understanding how long something takes, but it's always like, you know, you, oh, you know, it takes a lot longer than you actually think or want, you know, like I like things to be done quickly, but with software, it's, you know, like, unless you have unlimited resources, of course, yeah. but that's not really the case. So we first completed all the, the boats that, you know, had paid, but didn't get the system. So we all delivered those. So it was more or less the first year getting to know the product, the people, uh, and also with COVID, we couldn't really go anywhere or talk to the boats mm. or go out and about to sell it. So the first two years, we were more or less, you know, like using what we had, trying to figure out, trying a few changes. And, you know, like you realized didn't really all go well or the system uh, was a bit hard to sell because it was very expensive. And it was mainly sold to new build boats, which is great, but it's also... A slow process because imagine you know like a new build boat says okay yeah we want to have it and they sign the contract with the shipyard before they buy a system you're three years down the line mm. that's a long time yeah. um so you know like you know in three years time you're getting an order but you know like you want business now as yeah. well so in the end in uh last year we started completely changing it starting figuring out trusting it and in january we hired a former chief stewardess Rianica, and she actually worked for us as well 10 years ago for one year before she went working on boats. So, and she really helped us because she uh, helped us understand more the dynamics and processes of the crew. Um, so in the last year, we really changed a lot. And we have now delivered the first job with the new system. And I mean, the, the feedback has been incredible on this also. We dropped the price a lot and made it more easy to install on existing boats. So now we're really focusing a lot on existing boats, plus the new boats as well. But you need both uh, yeah. in order to yeah. create a viable business. Maybe can you give a little overview? Because for listeners, maybe they don't know your eye. What is it in like one minute? Uh, what are you? What is your solution? Yes, so Yatai is a is a guest information system um, that helps to create better informed guests and to make the life easier for the crew. For example, you know, like we still have the dashboard for the TV and the TV dashboard is just running. So let's say the boat is cruising Saint-Tropez. It says, oh, we're now passing Saint-Tropez. You see it on the boat. Or 
if we're passing a boat, it says like, oh, we're now passing the 85 meter ocean coast sunrise and it shows pictures and information. So for the TV, it's an information feed. You can see where you're cruising. Then you have the iPad. They can also get the iPad and play around or the mobile phone. And for example, if you sit on the sun deck as a guest, you can see, oh, you know, what are the menus on board? So you can just open the app, see oh, the, the wine list or the cocktail menu or the spa and wellness menu. But you also can find, you know, we have a feature called Yacht Radar where you can see which boats are around you because guests often ask, oh, what's that boat or what's that boat? And then they can just see, ah, oh, you know, it's Savannah, Fed Ship 83 meter. So you can find all that information, but also it has all the crew profiles. It mm. has the itinerary. Uh, you know, like you have some data from the bridge, for example, you know, like the speed of the boat, what it's cruising, the water temperature. Uh, we have an ex extensive weather module so you can see the weather where you are, but also on all the future locations where you're going to. You have an overview of all tenders and toys because you often, you know, like, okay, you might know they have a jet ski or uh, a tender or you can go wakeboarding, but you might, oh, they have an e-foil or C-bobs and you can read a bit more about what it is, what you can do with it. So it really makes the guests feel like they have access to a lot of information at any time. Plus, the crew can also, we also have a daily schedule where the crew can easily update, oh, you know, lunch is at two o'clock because the owner might have talked to the stewardess, say, oh, let's do lunch at two o'clock on the off deck. But the old nine other guests might not have been told or not known. So they get an alert on their phone or they can check the schedule. See, so like, oh, and that's the menu. They can open the menu. So it's just making life on board a lot easier and it's just in the little things you know like not just one big thing but a lot of little things that makes it just a bit easier for the crew and then you have better informed yeah get the information at the same place for everyone on board the sh the, the the yacht yeah quite interesting no exactly but uh yeah. i mean uh, it's a software as a service uh, a SaaS. Uh, I mean, you don't have any experience before with this. How did you develop all this knowledge? Because, of course, I mean, you have a big back office for software engineer, all this stuff, because it's not a website, it's a, it's a software. How did you learn it? Or, or, or what challenges did you face during the fuel process? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, like you learn as you go a little bit. Plus, I read a lot and, you know, like you just read a lot about all the companies outside the yachting industry, how they do things. But... I think Yachtai is you still need to pay a one-off fee because you still need a physical server on board. Yeah. Um, because, but it used to be 33000 and now we, we lower the price to 5000 one-off um, and then plus the subscription. So our goal is to make it a lot more accessible to a lot of people. Okay. But we also have another subscription-based platform, Super Times IQ, and there we sell system, uh, subscriptions to our uh, database system. So I learned about subscriptions already a long time ago because advertising is, you know, the market has been great. So the advertising market is very good. You know, like everybody made good money, wants to promote themselves. So that's good. But like, you know, like maybe in two years time, the market is completely different. And then you can expect already that the advertising revenue is going down. So people are you know, like spending less on advertising. So that's why you want to have a subscription business as well. Um, and also, for example, with Yata, the thing is that the development of Yata is never finished. So it's not like you make the product once and you, you ship it off and you just sit back and relax. No, because you're always creating new features. And in order to, to finance and develop these features, you need a continuous software team who's building things. And in order to finance that, you need 
subscription revenue in order to cover these costs. Okay. So we wanted to lower the initial price and focus more on subscriptions because that's a more sustainable business model yeah. uh, for us, but also for the clients, because in the end, they get more new features uh, along the way. And we roll out all the features to all clients. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree about it. Uh, so now I just want to ask you, because uh, before I, we finish the podcast with questions more to give uh, tips for young people, I want to ask you uh, we, about social media, because I know that social media is a big part of your business. Uh, for example, Instagram, the superior time page, which is quite big. Um, I mean, do you have some people in your team who are expert in social media, Instagram, community management, etc.? Or, or, or did you manage all this? No, so we have a social media manager, uh, Marina, and we have an editorial team. We're all involved in creating content. So we have a videographer as well. Um, and we have, you know, writers and everything. It's more a team effort. And Marina is the central person who manages the social media accounts. But, you know, like it's, it, it's again, social media, one, 10 years ago, eight years ago, it was easier because it was easier to grow and there were less there's a lot of people who share content and you know like we share some content as well but we also try to create have unique content and that's becoming more challenging though okay okay yeah, yeah for sure and uh, now we have uh, all other platform like you know maybe tiktok or this are you planning to i don't know if uh, super time is on tiktok i don't use tiktok uh, personally but are you planning to develop it on on this kind of social media Yeah, we do have TikTok as well. I don't use it myself really yeah. as well. Uh, but we do have it, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Okay. So I mean, YouTube. So it's a lot of work to maintain yeah. all these platforms. But as, as a media business, you need to have mm. all the platforms these days. Yeah, I think it's very important. Uh, but your biggest platform, I think, is uh, Instagram, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Very interesting. So yeah. now I want to ask you two last questions. Uh, how do you see the future of the yachting industry and what is your personal goal in this industry? Is that the two questions or is that one? Uh, this, <laughs> no. It's one. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I think, you know, like there is around between 150 to 200 new yards over 30 meters build each year. And this year is probably quite high, close to the 200. And I think it will continue like that. You know, like I think the industry, it's, it's very hard to double it in size because it's not suddenly a lot more shipyards with a lot more capacity. And with COVID, we have seen a lot more younger people buying boats and people going further afield. And there is definitely a lot more awareness for sustainability and making the yacht industry greener, which is not super easy because it takes a while to build a boat and they're complex things. And it's not like there is all sorts of parts or things available to make them sustainable, super sustainable tomorrow. But there's definitely driving industry from a lot of different people to, to make that happen. Mm. Uh, personally, I like this industry a lot and I think there are still several opportunities. I think with super times, we now have a nice portfolio of products and with yacht i really gaining momentum and i'm always looking for new opportunities so if people want to start a business or have an interesting business i'm always happy to talk about it okay nice so are you yourself planning to invest in uh, startups in the, the industry or not really uh, i mean like i'm always happy to have a chat but i think it it needs to work both sides you know like we need to be able to add value and i need to find it interesting mm. and 
with with a lot of startups it's you know it's more the the, the person instead of the company yeah. sometimes i mean the idea needs to be good but you know you need to believe in that person that that person is capable of running and growing that business yeah yeah I completely agree about it. Uh, on the to come back to the point about uh, people are younger now. The, I mean the yacht buyers. I think is maybe due to this uh, internet. You know, people are making money online. All this stuff. It's building this young community of uh, rich people. On, I mean, people becoming richer days after days and at a younger age. So I think it will be a quite. A, to have like an impact in the industry because of the taste of the buyers or this stuff. Are you agree about it? I mean, I think there is always, always people with all kinds of different tastes. I think that, that you know, like you see a lot of people buying boats now, especially younger, newer entrants. So, I mean, some of them go to the massive big custom boats, but there's also a lot of them who just like the looks of a Riva or an Azimut or San Lorenzo. Uh, and that's their entry boat. And maybe in 10 years' time, when they have a lot of experience, they decide to build their own boats. But, I mean, there is definitely an appetite for people in exploring boats as well. But I think what we see is, I think most younger buyers don't buy a lot of custom boats yet because they're still learning. Of course, you have a few exceptions, but most of them buy the, the boats that are around them. Also, because it takes a lot of time to build a yeah. custom boat. You have to make a lot of decisions, designing um so it's a whole process and not everybody likes that okay yeah i agree uh, now i want to ask you the last question um what kind of advice can you give to young people or even young professionals uh, who want to start in the yachting industry or who want to start their own business in the maritime uh, industry i mean if you want to start your own business you have to in the art or in the maritime industry you need to understand your market extremely well because People think, okay, there's five and a half thousand boats. I'm going to sell to all these boats, you know, 10% market share, 500 boats. So it's, it's a big market. But in the end, theoretically, it's a very small market. And from those five and a half thousand, some of them are smaller, run on a, not a great budget. So you need to really understand your market and if there is enough market for your product. Secondly, as I would just always try it, even if you fail, especially if you're young, you don't have much to lose. Mm. You don't have very high costs. So, you know, like, and you have time probably. So I would just experiment and try as many things when you're young, because when you're older, you get a bit more, you know, like you think twice, you don't want to try waste five years of your life on something that might not work. So you're a little bit more cautious on what kind of projects you take on. And if you're young, you care a bit less. Okay. Okay. Good, good advice. And just, I want to ask you this question because I have now in mind, what is your favorite shipyard yacht? Uh, I mean, it, I don't really have favorite yachts or favorite shipyards. You know, like, I mean, in my office, I have a picture of a of a sail, 33-meter sail with Carlin, Carlin which is just a cool picture of, you know, like a guy with a surfboard standing on an island with a boat in front of it. I got Arctic P in my office. Uh, I have Ecstasy, of, uh, not uh, Rising Sun in my office. It's just more, <laughs> you know, like there's all sorts of boats I like. It's always... You know, sometimes you, you don't like a boat the first time you see it. Then over time, it grows on you. You know, like I always like the older mysterious boats because it was very hard to find a picture. And not because I thought they were beautiful, but I believe more in the story, the secretiveness of it, so the whole story around it. So, I mean, I always find it very hard to say, okay, one boat that you like. I mean, Echo, Katana, you know, like Zeus, that's a very cool boat with all these glasses. And 
you know, like that was really a game changer back then. So that's always pretty high on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marine. It was a pleasure to having you in this podcast episode. Uh, you bring a lot of value. Thank you for that. Thank you to, yeah. to accept this. Invitation. Thanks for having me, Paulo. Yeah. Thank you. And I wish you all the best. See you. Same to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you for listening and watching this episode. We are looking forward to bring you more inspiring stories from maritime professionals, experts, and students. Do not hesitate to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Your support means a lot to us, and it greatly helps in our continuous growth. We committed to bringing you more exciting episodes with passionate guests. 